Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Chris and Amy Show, sponsored by Summer at SLU. Find your kids' best summer yet at St. Louis University. Time to rewind. It's the Chris and Amy Rewind Recap. Listen, I think we need to recap with the very last thing we talked about, and that's the cicadas that you dismissed. You poo-pooed. Me? Yes. You poo-pooed my cicadas. You said it would be, quote, fun and nice. Fun and nice (laughs) and crunchy. Okay. Here's the thing. There are two broods of cicadas. I gave you their official names, brood 19 and brood 13, but what it is is it's two cicada groups known as the Great Southern Brood, that's Brood 19, and the Northern Illinois Brood, that's Brood 13, they're set to appear at the same time. They're going to emerge from their creepy little holes at the same time. The last time that the Northern Illinois Brood's 17-year cycle aligned with the Great Southern Brood's 13-year cycle, Thomas Jefferson was president. It will be another 221 years before these two broods meet Again, okay. at the same time, nobody alive today will see it happen again, said the entomologist and collections manager at the Smithsonian. Unless you live to be 200-something years old. Their red right? eyes. Look at their red, their beady red eyes. And then they're going to molt. Uh-huh. Also, feel free to check in on the text line 314-436-7900 like this bug nerd. Mm-hmm. Who texts in and says, cicadas are not locusts. They do emerge from the ground. We don't have the 17-year brood here. The 13 and 17-year broods will generally be in Indiana and Illinois. A few other localized spots in Iowa and Wisconsin, not Missouri. But I'm reading this from the New York Times from the Smithsonian entomologist. I don't know, but this bug nerd said that you're wrong. Well, the New York Times said we're right. And here's the thing. This doctor... His bug doctor, bug he doctor. said that the cicadas, they're, quote, not great flyers and even worse landers. Here's all I want to know. Wait, no. So this, that means that there'll be so many cicadas on the sidewalks and city streets. That's all I want to know. That they get squished and yep. it could make things slick. Oh, slick? Like you're going to slide. But when do they get crunchy? Slide. They get crunchy well, when they. When you step on them. Yeah. But then once they're all, all the crunch has been smushed and they're, mm. they're just. They're like a, a plastering the ground. You could slip. You are welcome to text us anytime, even if you're a giant bug nerd. 314-436-7900. Um, you're also allowed to text us if you, well, you could leave us a voicemail. That's what I mean. 314-944-1120. Uh, feel free to do that. So we talked to <laughs> what? Are we okay? Um. Yeah, he said, don't be scared of it. Embrace it for the wondrous event that it is and embrace the fact that it's very temporary. It will be intense but short-lived. I didn't know if he was talking about the the bugs or um, your relationships. Okay. Wait, how long are they around, these cicadas? How long How long are they here? I think only a few months. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. That sounds right. 
Okay. I'm really great in small doses. So (laughs) we visited with Patrick Risch with Washington University Sports Business as the Diamond Sports Deal, um, Bally Sports now had the the uh, Amazon has part ownership and what it means for the Cardinals and mm-hmm. Blues and um, all of this moving forward. If what uh, was announced last week does move forward, uh, Amazon is basically throwing a lifeline and a life raft to Diamond Sports Group, a hundred million dollars. This combined with an injection and to settle a lawsuit with their parent company Sinclair. Sinclair is paying five hundred million. So the combination of those two resources is, again, basically saving Diamond Sports Group, which can save these regionals. Good interview with Patrick Risch. And and if you go back and listen to it, he talks a lot about what the future is going to be, what the landscape will look like of watching sports on television and how you uh, go about doing it. Whether you're going to have to find a streaming service, whether leagues are going to go direct to customers or whatever. There might be multiple options, but... It will be fascinating to see what happens over the next decade mm-hmm. with that. But for 2024, you won't have to worry about watching Cardinals or Blues. It should be as normal. And as always, all reliable KMOX. You can listen to Cardinals baseball right here yeah. every single day for free on 1120 AM, 98.7 FM, and the Odyssey app. I don't know why you wouldn't. We also talked about the... Kansas City Chiefs 27-24 victory over the Buffalo Bills yesterday mm-hmm. and in a just an onslaught of Taylor Swift cutaways there was one redeeming moment and boy oh boy did it redeem and that was Jason Kelsey a shirtless Jason Kelsey with his Chiefs hat and a beer in his hand just uh, yelling, screaming, cheering from the sweet window, even climbing into the stands with Buffalo Bills fans. He took shots with Bills Mafia before. And because of that championship game coinciding with former Republican presidential nominee, uh, our candidate, I should say, uh, Ron DeSantis dropping out of the race, we asked you, you the listeners, what do you care more about this morning? The Chiefs in the AFC championship game or DeSantis dropping out? Right now, 65% of you care more about the Chiefs. 35% care about DeSantis dropping out. You can vote on Twitter at ChrisAmyKMOX. Ronj and I are both on Twitter at AmyMarkScores, at ChrisRonji. We also reposted the poll. We'd love to hear from you. You can also text 314-436-7900. And I know in, in just a couple minutes we'll get to the Ron DeSantis stuff, but... I bet when you talk about, at least in St. Louis, the weather, the Chiefs, and DeSantis, the weather and the Chiefs are a runaway one and two concern for people in St. Louis, yeah. and DeSantis is a distant third. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sure of that. But we want and to hear from people. Yeah, definitely let us know. I uh, should have. I mean, I would have added the cicadas if uh, I had been thinking. Um, yes, Ron DeSantis has dropped out. He is no longer trying to run for president, and he immediately gave his endorsement to former President Donald Trump. And um, the Daily Beast did a pretty good job of recapping all the things that Trump said about DeSantis. Yes. And we're going to talk about that when we come back, because it is it's kind of remarkable, I think, anyway. And I know that political battles happen and. It can get pretty heated, but the way 
Donald Trump talked about him and the kinds yeah. of things he said to then go and endorse that guy? Yeah, and and, and you'll want to hear this because if you're like me, I mean, we all know, right? DeSantis, after he dropped out or during his speech on the video that he made saying, I'm dropping out of this race, he endorsed Trump officially. Okay. We all know, like, oh, man, you know, that's embarrassing of all the nasty stuff Trump has said about DeSantis. You know, that's kind of embarrassing. Have you no pride? I get it. But you forget exactly how much Trump said, even though we know he did it. Uh There are nicknames. There are uh, criticisms that we forgot about. Some of this stuff is amazing. And we'll talk about it when we come back. It's Amy Marks scores, Chris Ranji, KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You can be the most worthless Republican in America, but if you kiss the ring, he'll say you're wonderful. You can be the strongest, most dynamic, uh, successful Republican and conservative in America, but if you don't kiss that ring, then he'll try to trash you. You know what? You deserve a nominee that's going to put you first, not himself first. Well, that was Ron DeSantis earlier in the week. I'm sorry, earlier in the month. And uh, he has dropped out of the presidential campaign. Yeah. And then what do you think he did, Amy? Well, it's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance. And they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, He endorsed Trump. And that first speech about kissing the ring, uh, that was just in Iowa. Uh, he DeSantis has said yes, it several times. I guess it was a week ago, right? Yeah, he yeah. has said it several times. He said it on cable news interviews and such. But he re- most recently said it in Iowa. And now he is endorsing Donald Trump. And when you go back and reflect on all of the things that Donald Trump has said about Ron DeSantis, really humiliating mocking comments and nicknames, you think, well, how in the world can Ron DeSantis lower him? Has he have no pride? Does he have no dignity to endorse Donald Trump over Nikki Haley, who's a true conservative and a Republican? And it's what Ron DeSantis just did by endorsing Trump and what Trump did by praising Ron DeSantis and calling him Ron, not Ron DeSanctimonious or Meatball Ron, um, is confirm exactly what Ron just said in Iowa, that as long as you kiss the ring, you're a great guy. It doesn't matter if you're despicable. It doesn't matter if you have a poor track record as a Republican. It doesn't matter how good or bad you are. All that matters is loyalty because loyalty 
is the test of if you're a good or bad Republican. I think that Meatball Ron, as you mentioned, is just world class. I, I love like I love Meatball Ron so much. I'd, um, I'd makes settled, you want to vote for him. It kind of does. <laughs> he settled with or he settled on primarily Ron De Sanctimonious, but yeah. that's not the only thing that he's done. He has gone to Truth Social and he is he is alluded to the fact that Ron might be a pedophile. He wrote this. Ron DeSanctimonious will probably find out about false accusations and fake stories sometime in the future as he gets older, wiser, and better known when he's unfairly and illegally attacked by a woman, even classmates that are, quote, underage or possibly a man. What is he talking about? So anyway, he said that about you. He also said that he is a deeply average Republican governor with a great public relations who didn't have to close up his state, but did, unlike other Republican governors, whose overall numbers for a Republican were just average, middle of the pack. Now, that's a more of a, a that's a more of a docile thing to say about somebody mm-hmm. that he's an average politician, whatever. Well, but some of this stuff is really <laughs> yeah, deeply, deeply average. But some of this stuff is really personal. Yeah. And let's not forget about this, which appeared in. A campaign ad paid for by Make America Great Again, Inc. Tell Ron DeSantis to keep his pudding fingers off our money. Okay. I, okay. I forgot about pudding fingers. Pudding fingers. Because he there, said was that he eats weird, pudding. there was that weird video of him eating pudding with his hands, with his fingers, which I'm going to say is is gross. It is kind of gross. How, why? Do, who eats pudding but here's like the, that? What it, the problem is, it's not just, it's one thing when uh, primary opponents attack one another for political record, policies, whatever, or just saying they're not up to the job, fine. That happens all the time. And then when the primary is over, everybody gets behind whoever the nominee is. That happens routinely. But it's another thing when you make personal attacks. Mm -hmm. So when it's this or Ted Cruz, who uh, Trump went after his wife and was really deeply personal criticizing Ted Cruz and yeah. Cruz still gets behind him or Lindsey Graham, who is behind him pathetically. It's so pathetic what those two guys do. And and Ron DeSantis, to me, I don't know if this is all that different because this guy was not just critical of you, but he took pot shots. Yeah, he was personal in these critiques. Well, there's just. The groveling, the obsequiousness of just just saying yes mr trump whatever you say and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how trump mocks you uh alleges very mm, i would say swarmy creepy at best illegal at worst alleges you know that you've taken actions that are disgusting and just overall tramples you who you are as a person, your record as a politician, and you still keep crawling back to him. It's pathetic. Just it's pathetic. kissing the ring, sub- yeah. subservient. There was a story uh, in the Bulwark, the ballad of Ron and Nikki, saying how Ron DeSantis bowing out of the race, and they're saying eventually Nikki Haley as well, and Trump being the Republican nominee was inevitable because, and I'll, I'll read part of it, The vast majority of Republicans, both elites and voters, testified to the fact that Donald Trump was the greatest president of the modern era. 
The same majority of Republicans testified to the fact that Trump was the legitimate winner of the 2020 election and had been cheated out of office by a vast Democratic conspiracy. Trump's rivals for the nomination agreed with both of these propositions and Trump was running for president. And here's their conclusion. There is no world in which it is possible to defeat a man running for president if A, voters love that man, B, both you and the voters say that that man was the greatest president ever, and C, both you and the voters say that this man was cheated out of the president presidency by the enemy. And I think that's exactly what Ron DeSantis was trying to do. Uh, we saw that with Vivek Ramaswamy trying to say that Trump is the best president ever. And yes, he was cheated out of it. But for some reason, I'm the one that's supposed to be taking this place. There was a profound cowardice among Republicans. It started on January 7th, 2021, Mm -hmm. when there was a 24-hour period where they could have accelerated impeachment and they didn't do it. And they could have pursued charges against Trump for all of that action against the Capitol and trying to stop the democratic process, the peaceful transfer of power. They didn't do it. And since that time, that cowardice has grown to the point that you have politicians who have been mocked roundly by Trump, who previously had said Trump should not be president, now groveling, crawling back ingratiatingly to Donald Trump. I I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you have any pride at all. And I I understand fully wanting to uh, go along with the party because it's the party you you belong to. But there there's got to be a line at some point for you as a person, doesn't there? I, I mean, even if if I'm competing against somebody within my own party or own group for a, a, a nomination, I can't stand behind somebody who says personal stuff about me, about my family, mm-hmm. whatever. I, I can't do that. And I, I obviously, I will be watching New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Part of me has more hope than the bulwark in the sense that I hope Nikki Haley can gain some traction, but I don't know how many DeSantis voters go to Haley. Don't those DeSantis voters just bounce back to Trump? Well, there was some polling I saw earlier today that he actually increased his lead over her by about five points, four or five points after DeSantis dropped out yeah. because there, she he's going to split the vote. Yeah. So he'll win. He'll win in New Hampshire. Haley might have an outside chance, but I can't really see it happening. That's Amy Marks Corps. I'm Chris Ranji on KMOX. And the long view is that this is probably one of the most uh, important pieces of real estate in our entire region. It's ge- it's in the geographic center, which is Clayton, of our workforce community, our major offices, our major employers. So geographically, it's a very, very important site. Nine contiguous acres of land, and and it should really be developed to its highest and best use, regardless of who develops it. That is Bob Clark, the founder, executive director at Clayco, visiting with us oh, about a week and a half ago right here on the Chris and Amy show on KMOX. And he is talking or was talking about a parcel of land that is set to be purchased by the Clayton School District and um, it, the old Calaris 
uh, building. And there are people who in Clayton are against the idea of that happening. Somebody who's on the other side of that joins us now on the Quiver River Electric guest line. We bring in Ray Hartman, who is a panelist on Donnybrook and has been for a very long time. Also the founder of the Riverfront Times. Ray is with us on KMOX. Good afternoon, Ray. Thank you for being with us. Good afternoon, and thank you for having me. All right, so let's talk about it. What is your objection to the objection of the purchase of that land? Well, first of all, Bob Clark is probably second to none, certainly. As a, he's a friend and a developer. In, uh, second to none as a developer in this town. He's brilliant. Um, he and I have a philosophical disagreement about incentives in places like Clayton, full stop. And I, it, it would appear... Certainly, if the free market had broken out and there was a deal to have been done without subsidy in in uh, in Clayton, either Bob, who had a, pro- a proposal, or other developers would have done that deal with Claris. I mean, they they were there first. They they negotiated, and for whatever reasons, it didn't work. Um, my own view is that um, the Clayton School Board. Um, had every right and reason to, after that process took place, uh, take a look. These are properties adjacent to a landlocked high school, school district. And to me, um, it would appear the best outcome would be for Clayton to acquire it at the right place, at the right price, use whatever part it could use productively. And I, I would include the, the historic uh, old Brown Sioux headquarters, which is now called Calaris. Don't know why they changed their name. Um, and because I think it's historic and very usable for, you know, classrooms or meeting space, whatever, if it was renovated and then, uh, and then sell the rest. And, and by the way, every school district in the country owns property. Okay. They buy it and sell it all the time. For some reason, you know, they, they manage it, they buy it, they sell it. That doesn't put them in the real estate business. They, every school district owns property, practically. I mean, so it's not – I just – I don't think the Clayton School District needs nine more acres, from what I can tell. But I don't see the harm in them uh, buying it and, you know, using what they can and selling the rest. Yeah, it's, I don't it, know that that's – I don't know what they're going to do. I don't think they've decided, but, you know, that's that's it. Hi, Amy. Hey, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and see. Go ahead and beat me up, Amy. Well, I feel like you and I, like, I feel like we're a dynamic duo on the occasion, the rare occasion I'm on Donnybrook. I feel like the two opposite ends of the political spectrum. I feel like it works nicely. But, um, but well, Ray, I kind of feel like this is the hullabaloo nobody saw coming. It just seems, it seems kind of out of the blue and it's really blown up. But part of it, I think some of the pushback to Clayton, school district's purchase of the Claris property. One, um, it, there weren't a lot of details about it. Two, Clayton High School said they wanted to make it an empowerment uh, building, and nobody knows what that means. Um, including and, me, including yeah. me. And then three, uh, one of the, you know, the Clayton High School said, well, it's really important for us, for us to have this, it, you know, for a secure campus, increased security around the campus. I don't know about you, but I don't think anybody needed more security around Clayton High School. I mean, it was security has never been no. an issue, so it just felt all very uh, suspect. Like, wait a minute, Se- right. this seems odd. Okay, let me respond. First of all, I'm a Clayton. 
a parent of a Clayton student, high school student, and a recent grad. Um, they do active shooter drills at Clayton High School like everybody else. So I don't agree with the premise that security couldn't be an issue, first of all. But second of all, and I don't, I'm no expert on that, but I, mm. I think the idea, oh, well, there's no problem. Uh, the, that's, I just don't agree with that. Um, as far as um, I think what should happen is that, and you make a great point, this was a messaging disaster. The reference to an empowerment zone, you'll notice I didn't defend it. It was a disaster from a messaging standpoint, but there's a difference between bad messaging and bad policy, okay? And I think that what they need to do is purchase it and listen to the um, community. And, and there are many, you know, various constituent groups about what to do. You notice I didn't say stakeholder. I hate that word. I don't know about you. I just... I think stakeholders would have at a barbecue, but um, the um, um, I, I just hate that word. But but the um, sorry, um, I I really believe that the right thing to do is to buy the property and then figure out good uses for part of it and then sell the rest of it. You and I agree. I, the, the empowerment zone makes no sense. Whether security should be part of it, I think that's part of an ongoing discussion rather than just to dismiss it. But I think that. You're ba- we're basically not that far apart. I, I think that the people that they have to listen to, whether it's the community or the students or the teachers or the faculty, you know, whatever, uh, there's a lot of considerations. But I, the idea of just ruling it out because their messaging was bad, I don't agree with. But we'll have to see what they decide to do. Yeah. And just to clarify, too, I'm not dismissing security for the schools like school shooters. I'm I was pushing back against the idea that somehow buying the Calaris property across the street and down the street from the high school would somehow expand the high school's footprint and make it safer rather than restaurants or another business like Calaris. That was my main pushback. Understand the parking for Calaris just up against the parking for the school. They are literally adjacent. Mm-hmm. It's not down the street. The, the building, I mean, the, if you drive there, I mean, I, of course, I'm there a lot. Right? But it, it's right there. I mean, it's not, it, the parking's right next to the parking for Clayton. So it's not, it's not down the street, okay? It's, mm-hmm. The property they're talking about uh, runs up, I think, right up to the Clayton High School. So, I mean, I, I think they're adjacent. So, but I, I, I hear your point. I know you weren't dismissing it, but I also don't think you, you should just dismiss that possibility is all I'm saying. Yeah. And, and it, but that's just one of a lot of, that could be incorporated into an overall plan. And, and my point to Amy is that out of nine acres, it's not all or nothing. If they decided they only needed two or three of those acres and sold the other six for this development, as long as it doesn't involve public subsidy, I'm fine. And by the way, I'm writing a, a, a substack, and we talked on Donnybrook last week, completely defending Bob Clark, who, as I say, is really as good a developer as we have in this town, uh, completely that was outrageous for the city to just dismiss him as a developer for the municipal the old munitions plant up in North St. Louis because they, somebody the mayor doesn't like him. I mean, it's just unbelievable to me that yeah. they would be that, you know. So I'm not a, an opponent of Bob Clark. I don't think any community, be it Clayton, Chesterfield, De Pere, Brentwood, any well-off community should spend one penny on corporate welfare. If the free market says do a development, knock yourself out. 
And if there's some infrastructure that the city has to do as a result of that, then go to the city and tell them they need to build a new road. But, but the idea of corporate welfare in rich communities is, is really tearing this whole town apart. Yeah, and one thing that you did talk about, you, you, you mentioned it a few moments ago, and you also wrote about it in your piece in the Riverfront Times about the, uh, the idea of that property coming off the property tax rolls and therefore the city losing out on money as a result of it. But you also mentioned uh, Washington University that there doesn't seem to be much outrage there. So uh, tie those in together for us. Well, Washington University, one of the greatest universities in the country and a great source of pride for all of us, is, is I don't want to say the elephant in the room, it's more like King Kong in the room when it comes to real estate. Ask the folks, and that, interestingly, in youth city, people complain about it. They take way, way, way more property off the tax roll. The old famous bar, which fortunately, and by the way, I'm not criticizing what you, I'm glad they took it off the tax rolls, okay? They took the old famous bar off the tax rolls for their West Campus. They have many, many, many more times real estate taken off the tax rolls, if you want to use that phrase, than the school district has, or that this proposal would. This is tiny compared to that. And it's not inconsequential, by the way. So my point is nobody raises that. Their properties on Y down are off the school off the tax rolls. In youth city and in a city they take stuff off the tax rolls. And 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 I'm not saying they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I just don't see the outrage when Washington doesn't. And so I and understand that when you talk about taking this off the tax rolls, this is hypothetical. You the fact is Calaris, which as I've said in my thing, should still be called Brown Shoe as far as I'm concerned. It's the same company. <laughs> is is I don't understand why they changed the name. I mean Brown Shoe is a great company. It's a great company. It's one of the great St. Louis institutions. And it's the same company. I didn't even realize that. He's changed the name like that was going to help. I think it hurts in this case. It's a great historic St. Louis company. It's not the fault of the Clayton schools that Brown Shoe Company is downsizing. They're downsizing because they're trying to stay in business and good for them. They're, they're making a good decision. But that's going to take the Brown Shoe Company Calaris building off the tax rolls, not the Clayton School. They, they're the ones that have decided to downsize. Thankfully, I think they're staying in Clayton with what they have left, but they don't need as big a facility as they have, and so they want to sell it. And my point is this. When they keep talking about the tax rolls like it's some net gain, oh, we're going to have – who is – I think you had uh, – what's his name? Stan Kroenke's old partner on the air uh, last week, uh, Michael Steinberg, uh, who is – Stan Kroenke's partner in real estate. He ought to know for 20-some years. And a great philanthropist, by the way, but he was also Stan Kroenke's real estate partner for two decades. And, and Wait, who's real great, estate partner? He was, he was his real estate partner for two, 20 years while he, Kroenke was there. But so my point is, he said, oh, yeah, we're going to do something like the district. I would build out the floodplain. And stuff. Are you kidding? You, when you do stuff, when you, let's just say you build a, first of all, you somebody don't want nightlife next to a high school, I don't think. But if you want to do restaurants, you think that's not going to cannibalize other restaurants? Or if you, if you subsidize them, if you subsidize apartment buildings, you think that doesn't subsidize uh, uh, other, you don't think that affects non-subsidized apartment buildings getting their rent? I mean, it's, ask the people who will run on a uh, business downtown including our late good friend Mike Shannon by Ballpark Village. Ask Harry's Restaurant. That was one of the great spots downtown that got run out of business by Ballpark Village and its subsidies. And so you've got to look at the cannibalization factor when you start subsidizing development. 
And I, I think Clayton's one of our great cities, one of our great communities, but they don't need, and the biggest mistake, and you ask anybody in Clayton, ask, ask them how the Centene, really the first big corporate welfare thing they did with Centene. Ask everybody how, it's, you know, maybe we could meet at the Centene Performing Arts Center to talk about how well that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's crazy. You yeah. don't need to subsidize, and people need to understand it, whether it's Brentwood. You know, if uh, it's a fine company, Green, uh, was it Green Street? It wants to do a big development on Manson. Fine. If the market's there, fine. But not with, not, Brentwood doesn't need to use eminent domain to subsidize developers in, in competition with other people. It just, we've lost our minds on this. I mean, we've got every community, every time any real estate person starts a project, their first question is, how large will my tax incentive be? You know, there shouldn't have been that dime given to that stuff that Steinberg did at Chesterfield Mall. Ask my, I went to Parkway. It's right. Actually, I, I know Bob Clark through the, through the district. Now, we didn't go to school together. I think I'm way older. But the point is, we, the point is, I'm, I'm way older than everybody, as you well know. But the point is, it's like, no, we don't need to subsidize Chesterfield Mall. We don't. And as long as we let people get away with it, you know, we're never going to get anywhere as a region. The, the subsidy belongs in places like North City, some of our North County communities, perhaps some South City. I mean, the places that need – does everybody understand what subsidy is about? It's right. about incentivizing developers to go where they wouldn't go otherwise. That's perfectly a great idea. So you're, saying, you're saying Clayton isn't blighted? I, no, I, you know, I, I, I will say, I will say I, I did carry it. Uh, you know, I was packing heat to drop my kids off at Clayton High School. It was tough. I mean, really. I fought, and you know, I know my own bias. I fought my way off the street to Creed Corps. Yeah. I was a yeah. tough kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. But oh, yeah. I mean, seriously, it, it, it's, it's absurd. To, and they use the word, they, Brent would use the word, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know when they don't, you know when they don't use the word blighted? When they go to sell their property. Yeah. <laughs> you, no. Nobody, nobody <laughs> says, yes, come, I have a beautiful three, you know, two-story brick, brick townhouse and a blighted community. <laughs> no, I mean, it was like. Who says that? You know, I, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, Don't get me wound oh, up. Oh, I know you. Ray, you're I'll the best. You are, um, as we all know, a man of few words and a panelist yeah, well. <laughs> on oh, Donnie Brook. Can I plug? Oh, you yes. mentioned the Riverfront Times, which I started. In, yep. and by the way, I started the Riverfront Times as a company in 1977. Next week, what's the 28th of January? So in corporate. It'll be 47 years wow. long before you, you were born. Huh? I think yeah. Raj, that was the year yeah, Raj about, was yeah, born. Yeah, that's me, 1977. Okay, and, and Amy wasn't even thought of. Yeah. And and 47 years ago, and um, it was in a building that's now part of the county jail. And I'm happy to say I'm <laughs> awesome. not 110 South Central. But, nice. but uh, rayhartman.substack.com, if I may plug it, is how you – that's the Riverfront Times uh, reprinted from that. But uh, appreciate it if you – Sorry right. about the commercial. You, you are the best. No, we, no, we, we thank you for the commercial. It. Thank you for your time today. Let's thank talk you. again Anytime. soon. Thanks.
All right, that's that's Ray Hartman with us, founder of uh, Riverfront Times. I'm okay. going to watch Donnybrook on Thursday. We we are running up against, got to give away a pair of tickets right now to see the Doobie Brothers. The Doobie, the Doobie Brothers. Brothers are going to be, do we call it in action? The Doobie Brothers will be in action August 24th at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, and we're giving away a pair of tickets right now. In honor of Matt Carpenter, we look for caller number 13 to the contest line, 314-436-7900. Good luck on KMOX. Congratulations to Marsha from Fenton, who won today's pair of tickets to see the Doobie Brothers in August. We will give away tickets the next four days right here on the Chris and Amy Show. Anything you missed on the Odyssey app, go back and get it, KMOX.com as well. Amy, Mark's Scores, Chris Ranji, back with you tomorrow at 10 a.m. here on KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 